much, um, Archie and Sam. And I want to say um, just an extra shout out. Focus is amazing. I'm also like Sam, I hate camping. But I took the plunge and wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and again, we're going to be continuing our true love series. We've been talking about true love. And the truth of the matter is I love talking about love. I love learning about love. I think at heart, I'm really a lover girl. I got married to a lover boy. Um, but then I think the real reason why I've really always wanted to learn about love a lot is because of my name. So even though, yes, everybody calls me AY, the short version of my name is I am fair. And that means chosen to be loved. That's what my name means. But then the full version of my name is Ayofeolua, which means chosen to be loved by God. And so all my life, I've really kind of spent a lot of time really understanding what that means, what it means to be chosen to be loved by God. And um, I feel my name has followed me a lot as well. Um, but anyway, we're not going to be talking about my name today, I promise. We're going to be talking about a few other things. But I would love us to start with a word of prayer. Thank you, God, so much for this morning. Thank you for all that you've already started doing um, throughout this service. We thank you because we believe that, indeed, our strength is being renewed. We thank you because, indeed, we, we trust that there's something special and unique that you want to show us about the way you love us today. And I just pray, Father God, that our eyes are opened, our hearts are opened, our ears are opened to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's get into it. We've been looking at 1 Corinthians 13. And over the past few weeks, we've looked at you know, how love doesn't keep record of wrongs. We've looked at how love is patient, how it's kind, how it doesn't boast. We've looked at how love doesn't dishonor others. And today we're going to be looking at another critical part of that passage. And we're going to be looking at the fact that love never fails. So I want us to actually go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and just kind of refresh our minds again about what Paul says here. So from verse 4 to 8, it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And you know, when I look at this verse, um, what's interesting is we can almost wrap our minds around what it means when we say love is patient or love is kind. You can say, well, yes, I can sort of work around or, you know, get better at being more patient or being more kind. But when Paul here ends this expose on love and he says love never fails, it almost feels like a curveball because I'm like, Paul, you need to be here with us in 2022. From what we've been seeing, love sort of fails sometimes. 
But then I had to ask myself again, why was it important that Paul really highlighted this particular phrase about love? And I feel one of the reasons why he brings this up at the very end was to remind the people he was writing to and to remind us this morning that, listen, this love that I've been talking about from verse 4 isn't just the love that we see in movies, isn't just the love we read about in books. I'm talking about God's kind of love. It's a different kind of love. And particularly, I want you to remember that that love never fails. And the word never is such an absolute word. It's not like he wasn't trying to say, well, probably sometimes it might know. When he said love never fails, he actually meant that there is no moment in time when love can fail. He's trying to say that there is no moment in time when this particular love that he's talking about here would ever fail. And the thing about love never failing, or if we want to kind of take it from the context that Paul is saying here, because what he wants us to do is he doesn't want us to use the lens of the world to look at this particular phrase. He wants us to use the lens that God is using. And so we could almost say, actually, God's love never fails. That's the context I want us to look at it today. And I know it's easy for us to say it. We probably have heard it a lot. You've probably heard it in a song. You've read about it. But then the first thing I want to ask us this morning is, is it just something we say or is it something we really believe? Because if anything, um, the pandemic must have taught us that. When we go through times that shake us, the things we believe also are shaken. They are tested. So if you really believe that God's love never fails, when things come or trying times come, you will find that those things that are truly deeply rooted in you will be an anchor that you can hold on. And one of the things I realized a couple years ago is that even though I had been saying, I do believe God's love never fails, when I went through this rough patch, I honestly began to say, wait a minute, is this really true? Does your love really not fail? Because it feels in this moment that your love is failing. And I'm sure there are some of us here that over the past two years were moments where you probably said, I'm not really sure because it feels like maybe this particular thing, this particular dimension of God's love is not really real. But I want to encourage us this morning that it is real. And one person in the Bible that really reminds us and makes me just see how true this particular phrase is, is David. If we look at David and we look at the Psalms he wrote over and over again, he keeps on saying, when my foot is slipping, your unfailing love supports me. He keeps on talking about this enduring love, this amazing love that is forever faithful. And so my first challenge for us this morning is that I know a lot of us are saying, well, whew, we're kind of at the end of the pandemic. And in the news, there are a lot of conversations about how do you prepare for what could come next? And my first challenge is for us to prepare, especially as followers of Christ, for whatever might be coming, whatever storms of life we might face, we need to take our time to ensure that the things we say we believe about God's love are deeply rooted in us. I want us to take a look at a verse in Ephesians 3, verse 18 to 19. 
And it talks very beautifully about God's love. It actually says, may you have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of, the, of all the fullness of God. And so what's happening here is that he says, may this love, this deep, wide love, be so deeply rooted that it surpasses knowledge. It can't be just something you have in your head as something you say. It needs to be something that is fully embedded. Because for us to be able to navigate ourselves out of what has happened and to prepare for what might be coming next, we need to make sure that these truths are deeply rooted. And I know sometimes it almost feels like each time February comes around, we take our time to learn about love. But why do we actually need to learn about love? In fact, we have to learn about love as often as possible. And I'm going to show us another reason why. In John 13, 34 to 35, actually what happens here is that Jesus himself gives the disciples and or the people he was talking to a new command and he's saying to them, there's a new command I'm giving you here. I want you to love one another, but I want you to love one another the way that I love you because this is how people are going to know that you are my disciples. And so there are three things here that I want us to kind of take a look at. The first thing he says is it's important that we must love one another, but there's a way we have to love. And that is really the important part. We need to love the way God loves us. And so it's important for us to understand and keep on learning about how does God really love me? What does his love look like? Because a lot of us know that the world defines love in a certain way, but there's a way that God defines love. There's a way that he expresses his love. And so my question, my second question for us today is, do you really love the way God loves? Because if we look at 1 Corinthians 13 and what we've been looking at all these past few weeks, what it's trying to show us is that there's a specific way, there's a blueprint, there's a template. It's not just something that we just say, well, I think this is what I'm going to do. I feel like loving today. There's actually a specific way that we need to love. And that's what the requirement is. That's what the standard is. And so maybe already you're saying, well, I think I already love my neighbor, but I want you to take it a bit deeper today and ask yourself, have I been loving the way God actually loves me? And so that's the second reason why it's so important for us to really take time to understand what true love really is. Because what the world needs to see, they hear about love all the time. They read about love all the time. But there's a different kind of love that they need to see. Because like that last passage says, it says, this is how they really know that you are my disciples. And what's so beautiful about this that really just kind of made my heart leap is that people are actually not going to ask when they're trying to find out is this person a follower of Christ? Is this person a disciple of Christ? They're not going to kind of find out by asking if you go to church on a Sunday, what church you go to, what you listen to. What they're really looking to see is how you show love. 
So, um, like this past week, the management and leadership team at my company, we went away for a day to Aylesbury and we had to do this insights discovery thing. And it was supposed to kind of show you, you know, the different, your personalities and what's most predominant in you. And I mean, not to my surprise, I think the big, the most thing that was predominant in me was I was like a sunshine yellow. And I'm like, I think so. I think for the most part, that's a big part of who I am. But then I feel like if we were going to do something like that for us as Christians or for us here, what should be the most predominant thing that comes out should be love. And so I want you to kind of take a back seat or just kind of reflect again to find out if people actually, you know, were asked while you were not there, what do they see the most in you? What would they say? Because that is actually going to be one of the most effective evangelism tools we're going to have in the coming months. If we know a lot of people have things to say. There are so many opinions out there. And people are tired of hearing things. They really want to see actions. They want to see that what you say is indeed how you live. And I feel that's probably one of the things that is missing with making sure that the church is very effective. We're very good at saying amazing things. You come in here on a Sunday and your heart is like, wow, I love this place. I love these people. But then beyond what we say, how do we really live? How do we really love? I know a lot of times we always say, what would Jesus do? But then I want us to begin to ask ourselves, how would Jesus love? In 1 Corinthians 16, further down, Paul still tells them again, do everything in love. Everything is, that's a lot. Everything. And I had to ask myself, do I do everything in love? And the truth is, at this moment, I don't. That's still something that I have to work on. That's still a place that I'm still saying, God, help me here. Because the question over the next couple of months and years is, people are going to ask, is this a community that does everything in love? Am I a husband who does everything in love? Am I a wife who does everything in love? Am I a sister who does everything in love? When you go to your place of work, are you an employee who does everything in work? If you're leading a business or starting a business, are you doing everything in love? Because that is going to be the first thing that speaks when we get out there beyond these four walls. And so as we wrap up today, I want us to remember that we have to first understand and make sure that this love is deeply rooted in us, that we have a clear revelation of it. One thing I love about each time we get to worship is that worship is not just an emotional response. It's actually a response out of revelation. It comes from a place where you say, indeed, I know that God's love never fails. So the first thing is that we must tell ourselves, I need to take time. I need to go back into the word. I need to spend time saying, what does this real love look like? Because we can't forget it. Because there are going to be things that are still going to shake us. There are going to be things that are still going to come. And it's because of how deeply rooted that truth is that we're going to be able to stand. And then the second thing, like I said, is that we have to make sure that we realize that we can't just define love the way we want to. 
Because if we're going to be loving our neighbor and loving one another, there's a specific way we have to love. And if we look at how God loves, we realize that that's something that we must continually continue to learn about. And then the third thing we can't forget is that really the most effective way for people to know that indeed there's something different about us is the way we show love. And so I know some of us are already saying, well, probably I work, I do, what I do is already like a ministry of love. I mean, we have safe haven here already and there's so, such a beautiful way we're reaching our city. And so we need to constantly ask ourselves, are we doing everything we do at Safe Haven, for instance, in love? And even if that's not what you do, you have to ask yourself, each time I leave these four walls, even though I might not hold a mic on a Sunday, is there a way I'm living, is there a way I'm loving that allows people want to know, what is it about you? And so I'm going to just ask us to um, stand at this moment because there are a couple of things that I know God has been speaking to us about throughout um, what I've shared this morning. For some of us, that truth that God's love never fails, it's a bit shaky at the moment. I remember in December, I was going through a very scary time and I had to reach out to a friend and she sent me a verse and, she's, and the verse was, the steadfast love of God never ceases. And that truth came alive in me and it really helped me stay grounded. For some of you here today, you need to be reminded about the fact that indeed God's love doesn't fail. For some of us here today, we're being challenged again to say, I need to look at the way I have been loving. I can't just prescribe it the way I want. There's a specific template. And if we're going to really be as effective, we need to do it the way God did. So I just want us to either, you know, you can close your eyes, put your hands in front of you. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. I'm going to invite the band as well. And I just want you to take your time this morning. To just ask him to begin to reveal this deeper dimension of his love to you.